Hello everyone and a warm warm welcome to another episode of the What's Going On podcast. We're back again with another episode and today we are not in our original studio. We're actually doing a home setup here and uh, we have two guests with us and it's Martin and Magnus from Europa Point FC. Warm welcome. Thank you very much. Hello everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing fine. Uh, I mean, uh, we just uh, came back here from uh, Spain, uh, both of us, and uh, it's a little unusual, uh, but we brought uh, the good weather with us, so that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, exactly, because you, you live in Gibraltar, um, otherwise? Yeah, yeah, we play in Gibraltar, but we live outside in, the, in La Linea, a sp- Spanish Oh yeah, yes, there's city. a Spanish city right next to Gibraltar. Both yes. of you are... Yes. Mm. Uh, I live in Marbella, mm. uh, just 40 minutes away from uh, La Lina, but uh, I'm often in La Lina. It's a very, very nice little town that mm. not too many know, know uh, have, have been to and know about. Mm. So it's a good little place. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. And uh, can you just briefly introduce yourself uh, to the listeners and like what your role is at Europa Point and also about like the project in general? I can start. Uh, my name is Martin Falkenborn. Uh, I'm a player of Europa Point FC and uh, actually I'm also the head of youth, take responsibility over the young players and the academy there. Uh, I'm running the academy and try to develop uh, the youngsters of our club. Cool. Yeah, uh, and I'm uh, the the president, as it's called in Spain. That's nice to have the title <laughs> president. That's a cool wow. title. It's a cool uh, title. Uh, yeah, and um, I, I'm also part owner together with some of my uh, my co-investors, and we've been in the club now for for uh, the last couple of months. Uh, so it's quite new still, and and uh, we're getting into our first season coming up, uh, starting in October. But it's been it's been a good half year. Cool, cool. And uh, Martin, um, since you're still playing professionally, can you tell us a little bit about your career before you moved to Gibraltar and why you decided to choose Europa Point uh, after spending your whole career in Sweden and Norway yeah. uh, before moving to Europa uh, Point? Oh, it's a long career. Now I'm 30 yeah. years old, but maybe I'm looking like 20. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I grew up and started to play in uh, Bromma Pojkarna, the youth academy there, and uh, going through the all academy up to the senior squad. Uh, playing Bromma Pojkarna center team for like two years, I think, uh, three years, uh, both in Superettan, the second uh, second league in Sweden, and Allsvenskan, the mm. highest league, and actually also in uh, Europa League, uh, when wow. we get a fair play spot. And oh, we really? Worse. Yeah, wow. and uh, we play against the Italian side Torino. Uh, but we don't talk so much about that game because we <laughs> lost, cool uh, lost four zero. I think we lost. Yeah, uh, yeah but, so, but it was a great experience for me because I was only twenty years old. Uh, and then I've been in Norway in Lillestrøm in the highest league, Tip Ligan, mm-hmm. and uh, actually in Stavanger, Egersund. It's called uh, nice yeah. little bit town in. Uh, Stavanger in Norway, uh, and then I have been in a couple of uh, clubs in Superettan, Iko mm. Frey, Syrianska, Kropolis. And then for two years ago, I come back to IF Bromma Pojkarna uh, to Division 1, and then we go up to the highest league to the Allsvenskan in two years. Uh, but then I decide to move to this man and his project in Gibraltar, mm. Europa Point FC. And uh, yeah, uh, it was an interesting project uh, for me also. I'm 30 years old. I want to do something in the end of me, my career. Mm. Uh, and I get a big role uh, to play and that also have re- responsibility 
over the youth academy. Uh, so it was a quite, uh, yeah, how to say, it was a quite good experience for me also to move down to Gibraltar and Spain and uh, start this project uh, together with Magnus. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of my career. Yeah. Um, would you say the chance of playing European football, did that contribute as well as, you know, your background as a coach and BP as well? Yeah. Was that also a contributing factor to be able to lead the academy? Exactly. And uh, also to take, uh, I've been in Bromont Pokernas Academy as a coach also mm. for like eight to 10 years. And I want to take this. Ah, this is the, I think for me, it's like the best academy in Europe, uh, Bromont Pokernas. Mm. And I want to take these uh, things from Bromont Pokernas down to Gibraltar also. Uh, but it's a... Uh, huge step for mm. Gibraltar Youth Academy here in the youth players and everything because they're not used to train much uh, to have a, like a military or how to say like yeah true true like a, yeah good uh, training sessions all the time and train maybe four to five times per week uh, but for them it's more like to have fun and of course it should be fun but also mm. like to develop the players who we yeah. want to have in the center team for the in the future uh, but it's going to take a little bit of time, but it's a progress. Uh, so we take step by step, like mm. we say in Sweden. Cool, cool. And Magnus, um, you've been working as an agent previously and project leader and marketer uh, within the sports <clears> industry <throat> for many, many years. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit more about your career before uh, getting involved in Europa Point FC and what you've done? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, if if Martin is 30, then, then I'm 60. So uh, <laughs> I have uh, like, it's going to take twice as long time to explain here. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I started in the sport industry after my university very mm. early on. I got into the sport industry and I was working with sponsorship and also board advertising, this kind of classic sales around the arenas. Mm. Um, and then I moved on into market research. Uh, so I was working with market research uh, for a long, long time, almost uh, 12 years. And during that time, I grew a company called Escom uh, Research. And we became at the uh, year 2000, we were the largest sport research company in the world oh, at cool. the time. And um, I'm very happy about that. So we worked together with FIFA, UEFA and all the international tournaments. Uh, so I got a very good network by traveling around for almost 10 years international uh, to deliver reports. And I, I, I remember once I got to Brazil, I had an agent there helping me and uh, it was a very nice lady. And she brought me to Flamengos, Corinthians, uh, Vasco da Gama. And wow. I, I was meeting wow. the board. I was in the papers. Everything was fantastic <laughs> over there. So I, I, I worked a lot on, on, let's say, the industrial side. Uh, but during the time, I, I grew up my daughters, and they were actually playing in Broma Poikana, both of them, two daughters. Okay. So evening time when I was home, I mm. was in Broma Poikana and helping my daughters to develop as football players. And so I, 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 I let's say, I worked daytime in the sport industry, and in the evening time, I was a coach. So uh, I've been, been coaching a lot of football as well. So uh, working with FIFA, UEFA, different clubs, uh, playing football or, and, and as well coaching football. So football has been part of my life a long time. And then um, I moved home around 2003. Uh, and and uh, Sweden is a very small sport market. Mm. Actually doesn't have a sport market, I would say. Really? Um, mm. and, and just as a comparative uh, point, uh, if you look in London, there's one lawyer office who have around 300 practicing lawyers in football. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And in Sweden, we have two companies with one guy each. 
Ah. Uh, so that's the dimension <laughs> we talked about. Uh, and, and then, of course, the big sport market, if you look on a global scale, we talk about US, we talk about Germany, we talk about England, we talk about Australia, those kind of big countries in sport. So uh, that, that's, that's my overall looking on the industry. Uh, but then, uh, fortunate enough, I was uh, working with Bromma Poikana as, as the marketing director when we went up to Allsvenskan, yeah. seven and eight. And, and then I connected with some of the players like Olof Gutterstam and Mikael Almebeck and Christy Josef and those guys. And they, I helped them as an advisor because I was 20 years older than them were at the time. So, so uh, and then... Um, I, I uh, was fortunate enough to run into Mr. Sven-Goran Eriksson, 2010. I have a quite funny story about that, how we, we, we got together. And then uh, we, we've been working for a long time. I helped him in China, I helped him in, in, uh, in, in uh, uh, Thailand and a couple other countries. So I've been traveling with him a lot, helping him to develop the book that mm. he launched 2013. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, me and Sven worked on that project. Mm. Uh, so. Uh, and then at the one point, someone said, or maybe it was Sven who said, you know, why don't you buy a football club and continue to work? So that's how it grew, the idea. And then uh, it, it, it came to me that during these 30 years in the industry, mm. I've been offered three different clubs uh, to, to purchase. Mm. And of course, the money is, is quite heavy. And if you look into, for example, to go in to try to buy Swansea or, or Hull or some of those clubs right. in championship, you talk a lot of money. Um, but then this Gibraltar project came up and that is, a, is, is another figure compared to UK or, or Germany or whatever you want to go. So that's uh, when I started to look into it together with a couple other investors, we saw this is very interesting. So we jumped on board on, on this Europa Point FC. Cool, cool. And uh, where would you say the project stands today and like the goals for the upcoming season and also the long term ambitions yeah, uh, with yeah. Europa Point FC? Yeah, just just seeing the overall picture as, as a club, the club is in, in phase one. Mm. If we go from a step from one to ten. Yeah. Uh, and, and we are in, in the construction of the organization. We are in the construction of getting the right coaches team. Mm. We are in the construction of building the, the key players. And I would say Martin is our first signing that I feel <laughs> very comfortable about. Uh, yeah. That is a strategic because he has more assets than just an ordinary player. Uh, he, he, as he mentioned, he's taking care of, of the youth section, helping us to develop uh, the quality of, of, mm. of the youth coaches that has quite poor background. And he also helping the kids to understand that they need to be extra motivated if they want to become a good footballer or if they're there just to have fun and play, you know, have to divide it maybe in those two categories. Mm. So, and then uh, he, he's a good footballer still. And, <laughs> and, and I, I think also, uh, for example, Martin is, is going to show even more presence next season because uh, the last game he was so much on fire that, uh, <laughs> that uh, I think he's going to carry that with him to the next, next, next season. So the club is, is mm. just in a very early stage of development. Okay. And you mentioned, you know, you guys had the chance to buy some clubs in England, for example. Well, what was it about Gibraltar specifically that stood out 
other than the fact that you know it was a little bit cheaper um, yeah, compared to I, buying yeah, a championship I, I, club. I, I, I can try to do a quick analyze of uh, why we bought in Gibraltar compared to buying a club in championship or uh, another league. Uh, the first of all, when you start to look on buying a club, the first thing you do is try to look on the finance. Uh, and in the finance, you try to see where are the heavy costs. And normally a heavy cost is a stadia. Mm. because there's no stadia running very profitable. It's a few American uh, know how, uh, that know how to run uh, uh, an efficient uh, stadia. Mm. And the reason is that um, 365 days you have, have, have a stadia and it's like a flying plane, you know, you have to fill the seats. Yeah. And if you look on, for example, what we have here in Sweden in Tele2, there's a couple of days, nothing happens. And that's a loss revenue, mm. and a loss money. So when you start to look on clubs, you start to look on, okay, how much cost and what is the risk of owning or being part of a stadia project? Mm. So in Sweden, we have the advantage sometimes that the, the commune or the state or the, the city owns the stadia because then they can take some of that mm. cost. And that is very normal. Uh, but otherwise, you, you own your own stadia, then you need to be creative, you have to have an organization. Mm. I think Malmö, right? They own their own stadia. Yeah, so, exactly. So mm. they have a risk every day, they lose money if they don't fill up the seats. Mm. So they have a higher risk of, of winning money, but also a higher risk of losing money. Yeah. So that's the first point. Uh, if we look on, on clubs in UK, then you see there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of, of, of bad depth in those clubs, and that is a high risk. And mm. there's no smart Swedish investors <laughs> who wants to take that risk because it's also uh, by generation, the depth can be owned by the third owner or the fourth owner, the fifth owner. You don't know really uh, who, who created the debt is a mess. Oh you know, yeah, true, true. It's yeah. a big mess. You need to work hard to find, you know, the solution there. Mm -hmm. And then you take over the burden and you're going to run that risk. The worst is also when you come to a club is that normally in a big club, a good club, there is 30 good players. Those 30 good players have 30 different contracts. No one is looking the same. There's mm. a bonus there, it's a bonus yeah, there, it's a sign off there, and it's, it's, yeah, a, it's just yeah. a mess. Mm. And they sometimes they have an agent. You talk about 30 agents you need to deal with. No, that's a lot of work. Mm. It's yeah. a lot of risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you have two points you don't want to take care of, right? The stadia mm. and all the agents and the bad contracts. Yeah. yeah it's a big risk. So those are the main two points you look at. And then, then you have to say, okay, what's our ambition? Yeah, let's say we want to try to win the league. We need to put in even more money compared to the risk of the stadia and also the contracts. We need to have new players. So that's a new budget, right? Mm. So now we start to get a little risky, a lot of business here, a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I can go on on 12 points more, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> so here we go. Okay, Gibraltar, what's the advantage on, on your question is that on Gibraltar, we don't have any, any risk on the stadia. Why? Because the GFA, Gibraltar Federation, is actually running the league. It's not like in Sweden, for example. Mm. Um, so the GFA is taking care of the cost of the stadia. They take cost of the referees, 
they take cost of, of the equipment. So there's no cost to play a game. Mm. Zero. Wow. That's good. That's mm. quite unique also. I can, I can imagine. And, yeah. and like everyone the, shares the same stadium as well, right? And we share the same stadia. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's like you play home and away on the same same time, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so there's no cost on the stadia. That is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, then, since the league is, is on a, under development also, we talk about that the, the, the contracts are fairly paid. Uh, not too much, not too little. But it's not long term, like four years, like in Turkey. No, there are short term contracts, one, two years. So you are flexible as an owner to see how you can manage the cash flow. And they're very much looking alike with the same kind of payment structure. There's no stars in, in the ah. league. No stars? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, no big stars. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that is also, con you, you, you control the cost and the assets of that. So that's two points of, of, of the one we talked about. Um, but on the other hand, you don't have any, any supporters. Uh, mm. You have no, no filled stadiums. You have no ticket sales. You have no merchandise sales. Mm. So that is in comparison to that you don't take the cost of, of running uh, the stadia or the pitch mm. or the referees you don't have any income on that so but you have to mm, yeah. have to check that out mm. so there is a couple of advantages so that's when we compare to okay let's say can we try to buy a league one club in uk mm. and you buy on gibraltar which is pretty similar the price range oh, yeah? mm -hmm. then you start to feel like oh we have less risk mm -hmm. we have less work uh, less operating costs. Operating costs in Gibraltar compared to League One. Mm. You have no fans. That is good because today there's a lot of pressure, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we can, we can work uh, in, in calm. Uh, we, 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 we don't really have to stress. Mm. If you buy a championship or a League One club, you have thousands of fans who are expecting the Swedish investors to do a lot of things, right? Even put in more money to buy some stars. Yes, yeah, like pressure from day it's one. It's a lot of pressure from day one. Yeah. So here we can work towards our goal. I think that suits the Swedish mentality. Martin said step by step. I mean, that's the method. We do something, we do it good, and then we take next step and then next step and so on. So in, 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 a, in, in a longer discussion, we see there's more advantages to go into a Gibraltar League compared to uh, other uh, possible investments. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's mm. a long one, but... Yeah, no, that's 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 super interesting. Yeah, fascinating. And maybe also the sport to go to... Yeah, thank you, Martin. I forgot that. And that, that is, of course, mm. also... Not only the money you... No, no, about. no. Good, good, good. No, I was just going to say it. I forgot it, actually. But it's, it's, of course, a high reward compared also. Because if you go into Championship or League One, then it, it's a long run to go up to Champions League qualifying or Conference League qualifying, EuroLeague qualifying. But in this case, as Martin thought about here, it's the high reward. We are very close. We're 11 teams mm. competing about three spots to play in EuroLeague games, mm. either Championships League uh, qualifying, uh, EuroLeague qualifying, or uh, Conference League qualifying. Uh. So we're 11 of, of uh, three of 11. Mm. So that's a high reward compared uh, to, high. to low mm. risk. So that, that's the mm. balance. Yeah.
Okay. Mm. So, so is it like the first place team gets Champions League qualification, second Europa, and then Conference League? Correct. Mm. And okay. then we have the cup winner also. Um, last year, it was four spots okay. of 11, <laughs> but they took away one. Took so away one. if you won the Rock Cup, the Cup, yeah, National yeah, Cup. Yeah, National yeah. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there's still only three to be uh, handed out at the moment. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. And yeah, me and Jacob, a couple of weeks ago, we watched a video on YouTube. It was like a, it was some American investor who'd bought a club called uh, Manchester 62. And he'd involved some YouTuber as director of football. Um, and we're wondering in general, how does the ownership landscape look in Gibraltar in, in general? Are most clubs kind of owned, yeah, like the way Europa Point FC is or? Um, like, of the 11, I, I don't know all of them yet. Mm. We've been on a meeting together, but sometimes you send a club secretary and sometimes the owners are there and you, you don't really know who is who. But as long as far as I know right now, we talk about the American mm. uh, man, uh, Michael, who owns Manchester 62. He came in also at the same time as we did in the mm. fall of 2022. Mm. Um, he bought Manchester 62 and, and doing a good job. He also owns... Uh, USL team in uh, in Pittsburgh uh, mm. also uh, so so his his take is you know the American way into Gibraltar and trying to build a bridge that way mm. uh, then there is also a former uh, Watford owner uh, Haig uh, okay. who owns one club um, that he, he owned it owned Watford together with Elton John so that's one of the owners oh, okay yeah uh, there is a Mexican guy who owns a club. He, he lives in Florida, so he's doing it on remote control. Um, uh, I've never like, seen him. like the Man United owners. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the rest, I think there is a rumor that one more club got bought this, this just recently. Um, but we haven't seen any papers on that yet. But uh, otherwise, there's local uh, strong uh, entrepreneurs and businessmen who owns mm -hmm. it uh, locally. So I would say only four at the moment are foreign owned and the rest of the 11 is owned uh, by uh, local business uh, people. Okay, cool. Okay. cool. Um, yeah, and uh, going to talk a little bit about the Academy now. Um, Martin, you're responsible for, for, for that project. Um, and can you tell us a little bit more, like, how you want the Academy to look like in a few years? Is it focusing on developing players from Gibraltar? Or is it a focus to, like, take talents from, like, Spain, Portugal, Sweden, or a mix from all around the world? Uh, what do you say? I mean, for the first in the Academy now in Europa Point, we have around... Oh, 70 to 80 players I think and um, oh, we only have from under 14 down to under 8 uh, so we need to progress the players like to take in more players to develop from under 23 down all the way down to under 8 uh, for the first we want to take care of the kids from Gibraltar uh, and of course if players from Spain and also Morocco is close to can yeah, come true. to the academy they are welcome but uh, the first main thing is uh, actually from the Gibraltar and we have uh, when I go into the pitches in Gibraltar uh, everyone play football right now yeah, it's so, a football uh, culture it's in the country exactly yeah and the culture we want to take care of the kids for first we want to develop the players uh, actually like the footballers but also to good people uh, Actually, now for like uh, two, three months ago, I do uh, like a document mm. who need to be focused on the all people from Europa Point FC, how to become a good footballer, how to become a good people and mm. 
from that we need to grow as a as a youth academy and right now we have uh, actually like to 20 to 30 players who want to come actually to our academy uh, right oh, that's now cool. and uh, when we come me and Magnus to Europa Point the reputation of the youth was not good uh, we have bad not bad but not educated trainers not mm. the players just come there and have fun of course we want to have fun but we need to become footballers this is why we have football clubs uh, to become a good player yeah, uh, sure. in the future and right now we will focus on that to have a little bit more, how to say, seriously uh, focus on the eyes on the footballer, not only like to have fun. But uh, so we need to have progress uh, to uh, to develop the players. And for the first, when I when we come, it was only training one to two times per week. Mm. Now we want to progress that to have four times per week from from the start from under fourteen up to under twenty three. Uh, and yeah to develop the players basically in the techniques uh, shooting passes everything uh, mm. who yeah yeah that will improve them hugely to like double the amount of trainings that exactly do. that's a, that's a good start i think because in Bromo Poker, when i grow up and also maybe you also know about this and magnus also uh, i come to Bromo Poker when i was around 10 11 years old i come from a small club Ekerö IK we train maybe two times per week uh, but when I come to Bromo Pokena we train four to five times per week uh, and uh, I can just talk about myself uh, Bromo Pokena's academy like we have very good trainers educated trainers we know how to train good and this is why we need to come to the Europa point now uh, mm-hmm. and this comes from the trainers so my mainly position now to be a head of youth in Europa Point FC to educate the trainers and the trainers with educated players. Mm. So we need to have very good trainers. And uh, now we are in progress to re- recruitment new trainers. And yeah, we will see how it works in the future. But hopefully it's going to be a good future for Europa Point FC for the academy. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. And I want to say also one more thing about mm. the academy. Now our under 14 is going to go to a cup uh, in Gothenburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's that's really cool. That's really cool, and um, this is the first team ever from Gibraltar who go into Gothenburg to go to cup. Okay, so that's a huge uh, experience for the kids and also for the for whole Gibraltar, uh, the whole Gibraltar people. Yeah, uh, super good. Also, like PR wise, you can imagine like in the country and also like mm. in Sweden also to build like the PR uh, brand yeah. more awareness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's quite cool. And uh, maybe you have played good a couple yeah, before. I played there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Like yeah, such a fun experience. Honestly, <laughs> not yeah. only the football, the environment yeah. Uh, yeah. all around. Like you meet uh, African teams, South America. Everything. Yeah, yeah, it feels like like the World Cup for youths, but with club teams. It, it is the biggest youth tournament in the world. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a good experience for our under 14. I'm, I'm still angry with my coach when I was young. He They, they never let us go to go to a cup. I'm still angry with <laughs> Okay, if you listen to this, I'm still angry with you. <laughs> what is his name? Åke. Åke. Åke from Eskilstuna. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys, you had a tryout here in early May. Um, how did that one go and why did you decide to have it here? Uh, actually, yeah, it was last week we had a tryout week mm. and it was played from the old Europe, from Ukraine, Poland, England and Sweden also, of course. Wow. And some of them also actually from Gibraltar come the whole way to Sweden. Uh, 
No, it was a good week. We have around, I think it was 20 players uh, training every day for three hours. And then we have a game also against Broma Poikana under 19. Uh, and it was a good week, good educated players. And we decided to, oh, we haven't yet decided to 100%, but we are interested in one to three players. And actually it was... One of them was very good, and I cannot say the names, but uh, I really like one of them. I had a responsibility over one week, and then Magnus and our scouts, Mike Gudetti, maybe oh, you know him. John uh, Gudetti's father. Exactly, you were yeah. an Oiko fan, so yeah, exactly. you know about that. <laughs> and then we have Anders Limpar. Uh, oh yeah, the former Arsenal and Everton midfielder, and also national team. Exactly. Yeah. And they were there and looking together with Magnus and me. And so, yeah, we are interesting in some of the players. Super cool. And, and to someone who listens to this that maybe like plays football and so on, how would you guys like sell in the opportunity to come and play, uh, play football as a young footballer in, in Gibraltar? Yeah, I mean the money, huh? Yeah, cash flow. No, no, not the money. We, uh, we um, I think, like Martin described this week, uh, I think uh, we are the only team at the moment doing what we call open tryout, and that is not a new concept. It's a concept that they do in US. Uh, everyone gets what we call a second chance to be a good footballer. Um, because some, some players, they maybe had some troubles in their family when they were between 18 and 20. Uh, they had maybe a bad injury between you know, 16 to 20 or something, and they came off the, the track. Um, and then uh, when you're 21, 20, you start to realize, oh, I still want to try, I really want to go hard, and if you have the right mentality, you can still do it. It start to get a little late when you're 25, but, but we still believe that there is good talent out there between 18 and 25. And, and we give them the opportunity to come to one of these tryouts. Uh, we do them every January and we do them every August. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if anyone listening and think uh, they will be still a, fo- a good footballer, they have the chance to go to Europa Point and just check out our social media, Instagram and Facebook where we post and say, uh, this is the date, this is the opportunity. So uh, we, we believe that you can always give someone a second chance. And uh, I think we feel a little alone in, about this uh, thought. Uh, if you look on the big clubs, do they give anyone an open tryout? Never. No. no. Uh, <laughs> so this is a concept that we like. And like Martin said, we found three people that we're going to invite down to, to be with the first team in August and see if they, how they look in that competition. And if they still face uh, and, and look good in that competition, we're going to offer them a contract and of the three. So uh, that, that uh, is, is uh, always an opportunity with us, actually. Yeah. And uh, like, can you tell us a little bit about the lifestyle? Because I'm like curious if it feels like a dream to like go down and like south of Spain, live there, warm every day and play football there. I think Martin knows more than, than me about La Lina and, and Gibraltar. For the first, like, to, as a footballer, I can speak for my first thing, it's like to come down there to the environment, to the sun, to the hot, you know, not to have, like, 10 kilo of clothes on you in the preseason in the snowstorm outside here yeah. to run uh, and run and run and run. But, uh, yeah, actually the life there is amazing. Uh, I live in a little bit town called La Linea. It's uh, the border town to Gibraltar. 
to go out there to speak to everyone. They're very social. Everyone, everyone is out. Take coffee. Maybe some of them take cerveza also. Not me, not me. <laughs> no, but the life there is quite chill. Like you go, go up, eat breakfast outside in a restaurant, speak to the the people who live there. Uh, cost one euro for one coffee, not five euro here, like here in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, inflation. Uh, yeah, and go and train on the afternoon to the with, at the stadium, the national stadium of Gibraltar. It's quite cool to train on the national stadium, like super uh, cool. Yeah, to train there and uh, yeah, the good life. It's a good life there. Restaurants, bars, everything is amazing. I should say. Yeah, sounds um, really cool. Yeah. Would you say like it is kind of in Spain, but mm. obviously there's massive you know British influence. Would you say it feels more like you're in the UK or in Spain when you're in Gibraltar? When we're in Gibraltar, it feels like more like UK. It's fish and chips everywhere, and uh, pints, and, uh, and the people, everyone speaks mostly English there. Uh, mm. But then we Swedish players live in Spain, and then you have the both sides of it. Mm. You have the Spanish culture, and you have the British culture. Yeah. Uh, it's quite amazing to have the both, like to say. Mm. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, Martin, talking about like the lifestyle down in Spain, it sounds amazing. But um, I'm just wondering, is it like a, um, is it a lot of players and like agents who, who contact the club and are interested to to join Europa Point, or or how does it look on that point today? I uh, yes, uh, from the first I played in Superettan and Allsvenskan in many years, so I have a lot of friends or teammates or opponents who contact me direct through Instagram or WhatsApp or uh, every social media and every, my number. I can just say it's like 50 to 100 players from Super Red. Oh, wow. And wow. And also, that many? Yeah, Damn. It's crazy. And also like agents who contact me direct and maybe you also. So it's a huge, interesting from Sweden and also abroad from America, from South America, from Africa also, like two or three agents from Africa who contact me direct. So it's quite, and now it's our mission also to ah, see which players we need to the squad yeah. and see which type of players we need um, and yeah, take this right place to the squad. Interesting. Interesting to like add those type of contacts maybe to build squad it can be uh, super interesting to see it yeah and just comment on that i'm, I'm happy to hear because martin uh, gets all this i think at the moment we have uh, three uh, that play in Allsvenskan today that has contacted us and wants to come already in the summer oh okay uh, current Allsvenskan yeah, players even break their contracts so okay uh, it's very interesting and actually we have a meeting tomorrow we want them yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> All right, interesting, yeah. interesting. Then, so yeah, make sure to to follow Europa Point to see <laughs> who it might be. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And yeah, Martin, you're obviously still playing in the league. How do you compare the level compared to what you're used to in Norway and Sweden? Now for the first when I come, I think this should be very easy. Actually, I think the, not very easy, but I think the level in Gibraltar was not so high that I expected to see now. Uh, when I see the top teams like Lincoln, Brunos and Europa FC, it's like Allsvenskan Superettan level. Uh, mm. And then the lower part of the league is maybe around Division 1. Uh, but it's like more physical football there. It's it's more tough games and more physically like long balls and stuff like that. But actually the, the top teams play really good football. More like yeah, Spanish football, like on the grass always. and. Uh, 
good individuals, like good skillings, uh, no, good skills. Sorry, my English is not the best yet now, but it's coming. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a good level, and uh, like I when I when we have young players like from Bromo Polkina to come to the seniors center teams here in Gibraltar, they feels like that also. You have Christopher Krebs here, maybe he's tell you about this, that it's more physical. Mm. Uh, he, he, or he did not. Uh, or he did not. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if I compare the levels, the top teams are, yeah, they're good. They're like Alsvenskan. Alsvenskan, uh, Maybe not the top eight in Alsvenskan, but uh, under eight to 14, yeah. 16, mm. uh, I should compare. And and how would you say does it feel like possible to like reach that level um, in, in in the quite like present future? Would you say, or or do you find it challenging to catch up with those teams? Are they far way far ahead, or how would you like describe the level of the game from those those clubs? When we arrived there, twentieth of January, I had been one and a half month in Thailand, have vacation, and the other Swedish guys, four of them, have preseason. Uh, we play against number two in the league, Bronos, in the cup, and we only lost with one zero. So I think this is a good opportunity in the future to like be top six, top three, and go to Europe. Uh, otherwise, I should not be here. Oh yeah, in that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. And they're talking about because it's not only you, Martin. You have how many other Swedes did you have playing for you last season? How many were they? It's four more, huh? I think. Yeah, yeah because I, I read somewhere that Magnus that you mentioned like that you wanted to be Alsvenskan's seventeenth team. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you meant? And is it like a um, is it a wish for you to have like a lot of Swedish players um, in yeah. Europa Point? Yeah, I, um, I'm, we're fortunate that it was not uh, me who, who created the, the title uh, Alsvenskan's 17th uh, team. It was actually was a, a good journalist in, in, on some <laughs> big uh, football uh, site um, that um, created that. And uh, we're happy about it. We like that position. And I think it's... Um, Pretty much that if you played Allsvenskan, like Martin has, and uh, you start to feel that you want to change environment and don't run in the snow and, and have a ordinary preseason that you've done maybe seven, eight times already in the same club, and you want some, some sun beaches and you want to have, have a little different environment, then, then you can move to Europa Point. And, and because we have the, like Martin said, the quality is there. Uh, it's a challenge. It's a different style of football. Uh, what I enjoy to watch is that um, it goes up and down. In, in, it's like, no, don't do that. Or, or yes, that, that was fantastic. It's like very dramatic football. Mm. It's like in the old days, 70s, 80s, in the, when you watch Tips Extra in the, the old days, it's like old, old football. It's, it's, yeah. it's quite, quite interesting. And then, as Martin said, there's a couple of teams who have Spanish coach and Spanish players. And on your question, we are trying to integrate uh, Alsvenskan 70 team. It will be, we, we mainly will source players from Scandinavia. Uh, that will be the backbone together with these four or five Gib, as we call them, the Gib players. Uh, so our our structure will be Scandinavian players together with Gib players. If you look on the other teams, they have Spanish players, Spanish coach with Gib players. Okay. Uh, or, or they have a UK coach with UK players and Gib players. So we, we will be 
we would be uh, the n- Northern Europe mm. style, but also we had last year a very good Polish guy. Uh, they start to get a couple nice uh, good players from uh, the Baltic states. Mm. So I, I consider that to be also part of Northern Europe. And that, of course, is we need a coach who, who also can transform this kind of style or thinking into, um, into the pitch. And, and we're talking at the moment to three different coaches uh, that are Swedish, by the way. So okay. our season that starts in October or preseason starts in August, uh, we will have a coach who probably has been in Allsvenskan. So once again, oh. Allsvenskan 70 team. Mm. He's been. Wow, that's a cliffhanger. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Dropping a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. No, don't say yeah, too much. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can't say too much. But as all three of them we talked to, uh, have been um, all three right have been in Allsvenskan as a coach okay so uh, there will be someone with Allsvenskan experience mm-hmm. so once again yes we're trying to find maybe the super etan uh, players who wants to go outside we cannot compete salary wise at the moment mm. with uh, the Allsvenskan because it's it's also growing i think we're yeah. on a 100,000 mark at the moment swedish kronas or yeah. 10,000 euro mark on 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 that level we, we're not there yet we're yeah. more on the super etta level where we can pay the yeah. salaries around that's that size okay okay yeah. all right and of course you mentioned you want a scandinavian backbone in the team but i think the rules in gibraltar is that you need five you know gibbs as you say on the pitch at the same time and considering the population of gibraltar of thirty thousand people mm. um, of course the talent pool is naturally quite small how much of a challenge would you say that is um, that 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 is a nutcracker, um, and that's for everyone, uh, for mm. every team. It's that you try to find uh, the best uh, Gibraltarians player that you can get. When we started last season, uh, we heritage the coach uh, who is a good coach. is uh, is a, a local uh, guy, Gary. And then we had a couple of good players, but we also had some players who had not been training enough or came to the preseason unprepared and so on. So we, we kind of started out that we, we knew we were going to be the bottom six and we also came bottom six. So that was not any other expectations from anyone, the coach, the players, the owners or anything. Now this season coming up, we, we reload the gun and we, we, we're going to put expectations on ourselves, on the players, on the coach and everything. So this for us is the first season. And then we need to get some good gibs. We need to get and, and we already got one, which is our new goalkeeper. He's called Adam Stevens. He comes from UK, educated UK. He played last year for another team. And we were fortunate to sign him very early on. And he's going to be Gibraltarian because he's transforming from being British which mm. you can do after two, three years, you can become Gibraltarian if you have a British passport. Okay. Oh, okay. So he is a very strategic player once again. So now we have two, Martin and the goalkeeper, because he's uh, Gibraltarian, and then we only need probably three more, or even four or three more on the pitch that are local. And we're already in talks with three, four more at the moment as we speak. So it's very crucial. So if you get a decent squad of uh, the Gibraltarians, then you can compensate to win by the by the foreigners. If you have too low level of the Gibraltarians, then it's harder to mm-hmm. compensate. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. yeah. So that's a nutcracker. Yeah, and uh, as as you mentioned uh, earlier, that like on a level from one to ten, the club was like on one when you came. 
Um, and uh, what, what steps have you, what, what did you start with and uh, what did you like take um, as a first priority to prefer, uh, to make more professional um, as a club? Where, where did you guys like start coming, well, coming to Kribelta? Um, well, I, I came first, so maybe Martin can talk about what, what we did with the youth uh, or he did with the youth. But when I came in the fall uh, and you, you, you come to a new country, you come to a new environment, you come with a team of 20 players, you have a new coach, uh, you have no office, and there, there's a lot of things that's new, what to do, like you said, what's the first step you do? I don't know what other people would do, but but I thought we start to, to build the culture of the club, mm. which I think is at the end, the winning, winning uh, asset. Uh, so, when I came, it's a rundown club in, in one way because it's not been taken care of different aspects. So I thought, let's start with a, try to get a new culture. And the culture was more that we work as a team. It's, it sounds silly for us, especially here in Sweden, but, but it was a lot of individuals, uh, even on the, on the organization outside. So we needed to, to to trans to form it into like we are a club, we are a team, we, we work together, we are an organization, we, we have something in common, we, we believe in something together. That was just the start uh, of, of building what I believe a, a, a good club. So for example, we started to do a kickoff and where we brought all the club together to see each other as people. And no one had done that in the club. Uh, and the club is only 10 years old though. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but no one had brought, so you can see, oh, we are like 300 people in the club because you have parents, yeah. you have the 70, 80 kids, you have oh, around the, mm -hmm. the first team, the second team. And we put the first team on stage and, and, and they got to train. Like Martin said, we want to develop also everyone mm -hmm. to be better people and, and know more about life. And then we had some young players coming up on stage and had to present themselves in the microphone for the first time. Like, <laughs> hi, I'm 18 years old <laughs> and, and so on. So uh, it, it was a good session, but that was to start to see we are a larger club than just one person. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing we did, actually. Mm. Um, and also, I read something that you that you have some plans to start, like a women's team, a, a senior women team. Is that like a project that is gonna take place soon, or is that more like a longer, long-term project? We we've been uh, actually applying to start a women's team, uh, and what I mean by that is we've been making an official request to say we want to start a women's team, and we did that actually already in the fall of 2022. But then the GFA said, hey, hold on a minute, uh, GFA is the Gibraltar Federation Association, uh, the football federation. They said, hold on, please, because at the moment, the recruitment process on Gibraltar, because it's only 30, 40,000 people, mm. uh, it's not enough women that can play uh, on the island. Oh, true. Yeah. So uh, at the moment, there's too few girls who play football. And they don't want to import a lot of um, uh, <laughs> good footballers because that's that's another race. This is another uh, competition because then you need to pay a lot of foreigners to come. And then that takes yeah, away uh, the possibility for the youngs because they're not good enough. So mm. at the moment, all the girls in Gibraltar who likes football, they're part of the GFA football program, which is part of the youth program. So it's a long way to go. Um, and... Um, so we actually, they said to us, uh, 
in the future you can start a women's team but uh, at the moment we don't want you to recruit any other players the women players from from other teams so you have to hold your horse here a little bit and wait so it needs to fill up mm. with young girls who come up to 16 okay. and then the more girls who enroll the football program the more team can start and then we have mm -hmm. to wait for our turn or what would you say the time frame is on that like oh well i mean um i hope to start not this season but this next season coming up but i know some other teams also want to start women football and maybe they are in, before us in line as well okay yeah. okay actually i came up with one question i i don't know if it was you that um uh, established this like uh, uh slogan of the club but it's called a, a pro progressive club can you tell us a little bit about like what that slogan means for you for you guys that are like running the club yeah uh well it's actually a heritage from the previous owner uh, okay uh, his name was Andy. So Andy invented that. And um, when, when we sat down with some of our advertising or PR people or whatever they called, they, we, we just said, you know, it's, it's good. It's good. Let's keep it. And, but I, 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 we feel like, uh, and Martin can probably uh, fill in a blank here, but we feel like we are progressing in every step because we start from a blank sheet and we're on phase one. So everything has to be progressed. We need to progress. Uh, and I just can say, I think we do. And I hand over to Martin about that question yeah, and as also well. Also the culture, like we continue as Martin say that the culture about to feel the club, like this is our club. And, uh, from the youth, like they have never before have a meeting with the parents. They have never like trained together with uh, all the like a club day that they meet uh, under 14 to under nine and under eight that they're meeting together. Uh, we need to have this culture like we are a family. We're Europa Point. We should be together all the time. It's like Mangan say that there's very much individuality in Gibraltar. So the first thing when we took over, like we have an open day, like the whole teams meeting together yeah. and uh, like to have a quick chat with the parents. Like, what do you think about the youth? What we can improve and have a conversation with the parents, like an open mind, like mm. usually for us in Sweden, but in Gibraltar, they, what is, we're going to have a uh, parents meeting. What is that? Mm. Like they have never had it before. Oh. So that's like, I think the parents also from the youth and all the players like, feel that everyone is welcome more now to Europa Point and that we're going to go to a cup uh, is a huge step for all the the youth uh, because they've never been outside the Gibraltar before. They say, oh, the train is who was responsible to book the flight ticket. Say, how I book a flight ticket? And how are we coming to Gothenburg? How, what are we going to do? Like, yeah, <laughs> they've yeah. never organized like this type of uh, things like no. trips and coming outside the Gibraltar. Mm. And for us, it's like a normal thing. Yeah, you go to uh, the flight uh, company and book the tickets. But how I do that? Who I need to call? And yeah. so I now have the responsibility to, to do that. But uh, yeah. it's quite fun. Like they have never like they're in the zone there in Gibraltar. They never open open minds. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like that. So yeah, I think everyone is. They think this is very funny think that we are Swedes who are coming and like we we don't want to come over and say do like this do like this do like this we want to have new mindset and they they're quite happy with that also yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, super interesting. And yeah. <laughs> um, I, I work within PR, so that's why I'm asking all these like PR questions. But I know that I read somewhere that Mar- Marcus Biro, he's a famous uh, journalist in Sweden. Um, he uh, he was like hired for, uh, by the, by I don't think it uh, was by you. I'm, I'm not sure, but to like follow the close uh, the club closely and like write a book <laughs> about its journey. Um, where, where where's the st- status there? And uh, how does it go with like um, the, the book? Well, uh, I mean, Marcus is is uh, one of the best journalists we have, uh, and I think he knows his football. He knows uh, the touch and feel of different clubs, and and we 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 got a call. I think um, I don't remember how we actually got in contact with Marcus, but anyway, so uh, we had a nice chat before we before I left to uh, Gibraltar in August. And uh, he said, you know, it's good. I, can we document this? And so uh, we send him some stuff once in a while. And sometimes he's posting us on his Twitter. Mm. Um, so, so we have a dialogue. He's following us uh, and he's invited to come down. And he probably will when his busy schedule has a, has a little slot. Mm. Mm. Um, but uh, we hope he one day will we, we'll document it uh, um, uh, for us in in a kind of a book yeah. Uh, yeah so so look forward to that super interesting all right and a natural goal naturally would be to finish top three right to qualify for the european places is that the goal for this season already or is that a bit unrealistic and uh, when's the time frame for for qualifying for europe i'll let martin answer that one and for me and the rest of the players of course we want to win every game and this is why we Oh, play football uh, yeah. but from the board side maybe it's top six for the first and maybe you can continue that but from the player side we want to come top three and also win the cup but yeah. that but that's a huge step we come uh, like Magnus tell us bottom six now mm. and to come top three is maybe it's too high step uh, but the ball is a ball is a ball and we <laughs> everything can happen, <laughs> everything can happen. so yeah. of course we want to this is a, what the aim of the players but yeah 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 uh, yeah i think martin answered good uh top six is is the aim uh, this time and more pressure on 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 myself uh, the players the coach mm. everyone wants more now uh, so top six we will be happy as a step and then i think we're up on level three we jump one step then mm. uh, but it's not unrealistic that we can do top three uh, mm. because with the coach if we get a good coach and the team comes together mm. uh, the preseason is eight weeks uh, so if we get that going really really well we we will surprise uh, mm. i think we will have a hard time to beat number one link on red imps uh, but everyone else we've been only one goal away uh, during the spring one or two goals, uh, but we've been close already, so uh, we, we can do it. We can do it. Final question. If you could pick one club in the world to replicate in terms of how it's run, um, which one would that be and why? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. If you take the play perspective, <laughs> I, I, I take the owner perspective. Um, or the opposite. Maybe. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I think... Um, a well-run club. Uh, I mean that that's uh, it's a given at the moment. Brentford is is a, is a good one. They have a good um, solid base of uh, getting uh, the most out of the squad and the, the coaches and the organization. Uh, they've been promoting themselves. Uh, they're solid. They have a quite interesting structure uh, and so on. So 
I would say Brentford, but I also want to say as, as a Scandinavian role model, it's going to be Bromma Poikana because the, if you look on how many talents they actually produce. In, it's crazy. In, yeah. It's crazy. And I think our national team at the moment has four or five players, six. so maybe, maybe six. So um, they do something really right. And of course, we... we want to see how, how far we can go and how quick we can go to be, be using that role model. Uh, we, we're never going to catch them, uh, never ever, but we're going to try to be as close as possible. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think uh, all the players should say like maybe Real Madrid or Barcelona or something <laughs> because they play so good football. But I should say maybe another top team in Premier League who was like 10, 15 years ago, uh, Manchester United hard-working club with young players like uh, Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs, Roy Keane before when they was from the academy and running up to the center squad. I would say Manchester United and also of course uh, my club. this is your club. Yeah. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> and actually also like Broma Polkana who I've been there for many years and see how they progress uh, developing young kids, young players to take the final step up to the senior squad. Uh, and right now, like Magnus told you, it's six players in the national team of Sweden who have who have been from Bromapogna from like 10 years old up to the old senior squad. Uh, so I think Bromapogna and the play from the players, but also like to winning titles and cups and everything is Manchester United because we want to win titles in the future. Good answers. <laughs> really good answers. <laughs> and uh, that was actually everything from us, Shola, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say one thing. I love yeah. the shirt. Oh, you love oh, it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's your kit. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool kit, yeah. actually. And yeah, that, that's, that's like the lighthouse in there. Yeah, the, yeah. You have one like in Gibraltar, right? It's called Europa Point also. Yeah, the Europa Point is actually the last uh, southern point of Europe that oh, next okay. to next continent in Africa. Mm. So if you stand on the lighthouse, you were at the end of Europe, and then you overview Morocco and, and uh, those countries. That's and, really cool. And it's so, called Europa Point, also. It is, huh? yeah. So that's yeah, quite that's cool. A, yeah, that's a bit yeah. behind the name. <laughs> Super interesting. Yeah, Actually, yeah. after this episode, I felt like we man, we gotta go down. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, uh, yeah. When, when your season is starting in October, yeah. I think we, we we should go down. Yeah, please watch come. a few games. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, visit, yeah. Yes, no, it was, it's. Uh, it's actually very good time and, yeah. and uh, everyone is invited to come and we take care of every visitor that comes yeah. from Scandinavia. So yeah. just email us on on, uh, on um, our homepage, uh, you find the address. So yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, really cool. You, you, you want some sun back in October? <laughs> October, yeah. yeah, November, so, December. So, so why not? So, yeah. should you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Magnus Martin, it was super nice to have you here. Hope you enjoyed yeah. uh, to be on the podcast. Um, Thank you. And to all the followers, uh, you can see Point Games uh, on it's Gibraltar FC, uh, FA, their YouTube, right? Where yeah. you can see all the games yeah. for free. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's actually, you, you tap in Europa Point uh, and YouTube. And, yeah, and then you're you're on and you can find the games. Yeah. Super nice. So you yeah. should make sure the listeners make sure to see a game uh, or we more games, not only one. <laughs> next <laughs> and, season, yeah, next season, and also make sure to follow Europa Point on Instagram and Facebook. It's Europa Point FC in one word, right? Correct. Yes, um, and as we we said, it was a pleasure having you on, and thank you, uh, thank you for coming. And uh, to all our listeners, uh, make sure to to follow us, and um, because we'll keep up the good work. Yeah. Have a nice one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, bye, bye. guys.